0: Welcome to the Freedom Now Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Fair, and I truly believe you can have freedom now, no matter what chaos is in your life. I've journeyed through chronic illness, through the death of my brother, through starting up my own business, as well as being a wife and a mother of four. And so I know a lot about chaos and crazy. <laughs> but I also have learned a lot about freedom, and I'm excited to share it with you because I truly believe this place can be a weekly oasis of hope encouragement and laughter for you where you're going to glean powerful and practical tips and tools as you listen to my story and the story of others. Thanks so much for joining and enjoy this episode. Hi everyone, Andrea Fair here with Flying Free Ministries. I'm so happy to be able to introduce Kirsten Samuel to you today. Um, I met her a couple years ago um, before I had published at the Igniting Souls Conference, and I remember just kind of being overwhelmed by this information, and I had this burden to write this book, and God was nudging me, but at the same time, like oh my goodness, there's so, so much going on here. And she was the one who gave me a hug and just said, you just keep listening to God, do one step at a time, and he will lead you through what you need to do. And here we are on the other side years later with my book published and have my own business. And Kirsten has now published two books i believe is that right and she has an amazing profound ministry happening and i was able to hear her at conference um present last year and she was just sharing how she and her she works with women who have spouses who have struggled with addiction and i just am so excited that you have chosen to um Use your story for good and how Mm -hmm. your husband and you are journeying together, and just for all the hope and love and freedom and encouragement for those who are struggling. So, thank you so much for being part of this series. I feel like you have so much to contribute to our (laughs) series about relating to others. Um, I've been married for 20 years, and it's the ongoing journey of learning and growing. And um, so, I know that as we visit, we will definitely. Be encouraged mutually. I trust and beyond that also. So, thank you so much for your time, Kristen. Thank
1: you, Andy. It's great to connect with you and see you face to face, even though we're across the miles. This is this is. I love it. I love it. Thank you. You bet. Kirsten and I were just saying how um,
0: she is in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and it is snowing there. And <laughs> I am in my tank top, enjoying an Indian summer. Well, we used to call them Indian summer days. Maybe we don't say that anymore, but. Uh, here in Alberta, which is abnormal, but we're taking it as a win, so. That's
1: right, that's right, yep, just the changing seasons, and I love the changing seasons, so it's yeah. really fun. Right on.
0: Um,
1: Kristen, when you think of
0: freedom while relating to others, what comes to mind for you?
1: You know, I've struggled, I struggled for years being able to relate to other people because I was so afraid of who I was, and who, or who I wasn't. And when I think about relating to people, often we project onto them our own fears and insecurities. And as, I'm, as God is taking me on my journey, he's helping me to just accept people for who they are at face value, not to read into and not to um, try to, to project onto them and make it all about me. And usually when I make it all about me, then I'm wrong. I, I miss I misread the situation completely, but you know, as I've learned, Andrea, to accept people for who they are when they come up to me and and become really interested in their story, it expands my horizons and I learn some really fun things about people, and I just I just love it.
0: Awesome! Oh, I love that. Yeah, there's something about hearing someone's story that just yes. makes. I find that's how I relate to people best too. Is when I hear what they are in the process of, yeah, it just brings it all together. Yes. And also, yeah, the whole, um, reality of, we can project what we think is happening or I I'm a fairly intuitive person, so it it can be a good thing, but it can, yeah, be a block (laughs) too. If I'm leaning into that too much, it's like, Holy Spirit's like, you just listen to me. You don't worry about that so much.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 And it's really easy in those situations to misinterpret and to, to, um, you know to look at someone and compare the worst part of what's going on with you with what you see them projecting and that may not even be what is their reality but you're you know you're judging them or you're you're projecting onto them something that is not true mm-hmm. instead of taking the opportunity to get to know them to ask some questions and discover what's going on in their life right now mhm yeah that's a good word discover mm mm-hmm. mhm
0: so have you always felt like you've been able to relate with every lots of aged groups? I mean, you just said that it was kind of a challenge for you. So I'm assuming that <laughs> you, there was this, how did, what was the journey God took you on to move from feeling like, how do I react? How do I interact with these people to being able to interact well? Cause you're a coach and speaker and
1: <laughs> you do all these <laughs> <little> things now. <laughs> well, and, and that's all to me, just amazing. That's, that's the evidence of God's grace in my life. Um, no, I was always this shy child. I was the child that hung behind her mother and didn't want to see people. Um, basically, I was small and I was insecure and um, I didn't know how to talk to other people. Uh, and then I married a guy who's an, intro, an extrovert and who was in, a, in a, an events industry field. And so there were a lot of events that we did that he was working and I, you know, he wanted me to go with him to these events. And I was like, uh, I don't know how to relate to these people. But, you know, God kept putting me in those situations and he started working on me and saying, this is not about you. Don't even think about you. Think about the other person that's in the room who's probably just as nervous as you are and start to ask them questions and so for a long time i had like five questions in my pocket that i would would run through this is my litany and when i get to the end of those five questions i do not know where to go you know so but god but god worked on me in that area and and it started being you know listen to me and when somebody asks answers a question listen to what they're not saying and and follow up with that question and the more that i get away from me the more that I focus on other people, the more interesting I discover uh, that people are. And they give me, they give me wonderful stories. Um, and and people, are, people are people. You know, we're all the same. We're all, we're all struggling with similar issues and similar struggles. Um, and I think that's the biggest journey God's taken me on is to get me outside of myself and mm-hmm. to stop looking at me and start looking at those around me. Wow. That's incredible.
0: I love that. Yeah. I can see the need for that in my own life too, right? You can, it's easy to, mm-hmm. for, yeah, to hear something and then have a story to add to it or have something more. And it's like, actually just let it be totally about them. And I think even as I grow in believing that God will satisfy all my needs, then mm-hmm. that is going to dissipate and be able to really fully engage with people. Yeah. level. Hey?
1: Hmm. Yeah. When you discover it's not about you. <laughs> it's about the other person and how can I, you know, how can I find that person in a room and, and I have gotten to the point now where I walk into a room and I don't look at the big groups where people are talking, but I look at somebody by themselves mm-hmm. to them and start talking to them um, because they probably feel like I did. You know, they, they probably are, um, they're a little shy, they're a little uncertain, and, um, or they don't do crowds, I mean, you know, crowds can be overwhelming, you know, yes. <laughs> and why, how do I raise them, what can I do to introduce them to someone else, or to bring them into a situation, and, you know, there's really, like, hello hello are you there <laughs> we this is what I was saying about my crazy oh, hey. connections today I'm glad you're, there we go is that better yeah all right
0: all right sorry about that folks we're back <laughs> Yeah, but as you're saying, just to talk to the fringe, uh, people who are on the edges that maybe don't feel welcome into the crowd, or just don't love crowds, and just right. to be able to connect them with people they need, or just or looking for, or help in whatever way possible.
1: That's yeah, cool. yeah.
0: Um. So I wanted you to tell us a little about about what's inspired you to um interact with a specific group of people. I know your books are geared to like, can you tell us a little bit about your journey? And I mean, how I'm sure brave and crazy and intense it was to write your book and, <laughs> and to put yourself in this position to um, connect with women in this way. But can you tell us about that?
1: Sure. Or, first book first full book that I released was called choosing a way out when the bottom isn't the bottom. And it's actually, um, it's, it's a memoir. And it's the story of my husband and my um, struggle with marriage, uh, where we just about didn't survive uh, because of pornography addiction. And uh, and yet God had a bigger plan for us. And in his mercy and in his grace and his amazing redemptive strength, he restored not only our marriage, but he he restored each one of us. And little did I know that part of that story was going to include suicidal depression, Mm -hmm. and ptsd and an anxiety disorder and lest your listeners think this was all on my husband oh no oh no it was me (laughs) it was i was the one struggling with the suicidal depression the anxiety and the ptsd Mm -hmm. and god had some healing work that needed to be done in both of our lives and uh 13 years later uh we we tell people with great joy and with amazement that um god didn't give us our marriage back; He gave us a brand new one, hmm. and uh we wouldn't go back to the first twenty five years uh though though to the outside it looked good. it was not an authentic, honest relationship and now um, you know you know the Bible is true when it says that you know darkness cannot hide from the light, and the light penetrates the darkness when you bring these hidden hidden things, these things you're so ashamed of, the things that you're afraid of, all of those, when you bring them to Jesus and you set them at his feet and you say, I don't know what to do with this. And he goes, I do. And he redeems and he restores and he gives you life like you've never known it before. And so that's the story of that book. It's the story of our struggle. It's it's very real. It's very raw. Um, it was difficult to write. Um, it was difficult to publish. Um, and yet we both sensed God telling us that it was time. It was time for the story to be told, and it was time for the story to be redeemed. Amen. Um, and so I'm great. I'm grateful for that. My other book is called Five Lies Moms Believe, and it is the result of a survey that I did of a group of moms here in the Colorado Springs area. Where I just asked them a couple of questions. And, uh, you know, as moms, we struggle. You know, we're raising, you know, there 's nothing like being told you 're raising the next generation well there 's no pressure there right there's none <laughs> and uh, and so there 's things that we in our own we know ourselves, we know our failures, we know where we are not strong, where we 're not smart, and you know the the opening of the book says there 's no training manual for a mom uh, and that 's the truth i mean you you know they hand you this baby in the hospital and they say, congratulations and they they teach you how to diaper and they teach you how to feed them. And, and when they teach you, you know, well, you shouldn't do this. And, you know, this is the best way to wrap them up, to keep them warm and all this other stuff. But they don't teach you about the really important stuff. Hmm. Like how do you teach them to know and love Jesus? You know, how do you teach them to be honest, to not tell lies, you know? Um, and, and, and once you've had a child, you understand that the human nature starts at birth. I mean, it's there. We're all born with it, and we all, we all want our own way. So uh, that book was the result of, of the, the responses to the survey that I did with these moms. And um, everything seemed to kind of just gel into these five different lies. And then I dealt with, you know, what does Scripture have to say? And so I get the opportunity now to work with women. My, my focus is women. And um, I coach women who are, whose husbands have been addicted to porn or are still addicted to porn. And we talk about ways that you become healthy. Whether your husband chooses to or not, um, you still need to heal. You need to heal from the damage that's been done to your soul by his pornography addiction. And so I speak to women about that. I, I coach. I write a lot about that. And, um, you know, God took what I thought was the end of my life. Mm-hmm. the end of my marriage, and he is redeeming that. And that's, that's his grace in action. That has nothing to do with me.
0: Wow. So let me, okay. So, so many things. The reality that you said that um, individuals whose spouse is struggling with porn, um, that if that is your husband in this moment, there is, hope for you there is healing for you that can start even before they decide that this is not the path
1: they want to be on anymore is that did i hear you right you did you did and that's that's the important thing is we we in the in the crisis of the moment and the i call it the aftershocks um the aftershock of that discovery whether whether you were told whether you found it you found the pornography what however you find out the aftershocks are are very strong, and they reverberate. And the first thing as ma- as a woman, especially if you're a mother, the first thing you want to do is make it go away, fix it. And that's, that's, that's how we're wired. We're the nurturer. We want to we make this better. But the reality is, is you can't fix your husband. Mm. The only person you can work on is yourself. So how do you do that in the midst of the pain? And basically I, I talk, I teach women what I went through and how I learned to heal in the middle of the pain. And there are certain things that we have to talk about. We have to talk about what are healthy boundaries. Usually we don't have them. Mm-hmm. And it takes a crisis for us to reveal them. And in most marriages, there's, just, there's some unhealthy things that are going on. So this is not abnormal, but pornography addiction just reveals a deeper area. You know, and and what is this, you know, what does the pornography addiction mean to you? Did you cause it? You know, the answer, the quick answer to that is no, you didn't. You know, can you make it go away? No, you can't. Mm. But you can do certain things that will help and they will help you. And if your husband is willing, they will begin to help him. Mm. So um, the person you can control, the person you heal is yourself. Mm. It is, you know, and then we pray like crazy for our husbands. And God is a miracle working God. Yeah. He specializes in that.
0: Totally. Oh, that's amazing. And and so encouraging, right? Because I think I love that you just hit the nail on the head right away like we cannot fix, we cannot change like the only control I have is to f- point my fingers here and <laughs> deal with all this and with God's help, not on my own because that's a disaster too.
1: Yeah. So,
0: wow. So I guess one of my questions would be um for those of us who maybe know, have stories that include pornography or, or know of others who are struggling, what are the first step that a person can take in that relationship or, um, for ourselves in that relationship? Like, can you just give us a few, um, tips to just, what do we do? Cause yeah, that aftershock, that emotion, it's overwhelming.
1: And I'm just right. Like- and that, that's the very first question I always get asked. What do I do? <laughs> well, the very first question, the very first thing I will tell you is, first of all, you've got to seek God. Mm. You start there. You seek him. You talk to him about it. You become honest about it. The second thing I do is you've got to talk about the elephant in the room, okay? Um, most of the we want to check off a list of things to do, but we don't want to deal with the, the real elephant. And the real elephant is you're looking at pornography, and we need to talk about that. And that is a very frightening thing to confront, and so there are there are ways to do that. They, you know, it may depending on your relation, depending on how you found out. You may need to have a third party there. You may need to, um, you know, you might need to talk to a coach first. How do I approach this? How do I do this? But the reality is, is, you've got to call out what you're seeing. You've got to talk about it. You've got to say this is what it is, because as long as it's hidden, then we ignore it. That's how we are as human beings. So that's that's the second step is first of all you need to reach out for help. Where do you get help? And often I'll say, you know, if you've got a you know, if you've got a best friend where you've been best friends for life or you've got someone in your life I hope that you can trust no matter what, that's your first phone call, call is to say, I really need to talk to you about something because I need some I need some help. You just need to be honest. It's the first thing that we did. The second thing is you you need to get Uh, a coaching help, and you possibly need counseling, Um, just depending on the situation and depending how your spouse responds to the fact that you now know about this addiction. And like I tell most women who've been married for any length of time, you probably already did know, you just didn't want to acknowledge it. And that's okay. That's where I was. I get it. Um, There's a free... Um, there's a free ebook on my website called 10 warning signs your gut already knows. And if, if you're suspicious, I encourage women, you know, just to go get it. Um, I do ask for your first name and an email address just so that I'm, you know, I know I'm just tracking it. That's all, but it's free. It's absolutely free. And um, it, it deals with um, things that I saw and ignored Um, And they're very easy to ignore, but it's just things to think about and help you guide the conversation that needs to occur. So those are the, those are a couple of the first steps. Um, I do encourage you to get, like I said, either coaching or counseling Um, and sometimes you're going to need both because both have their place um, in, in this. And I know I did, I had both. So um, it is, it is something that is, that, is recoverable. That's the first thing I want everybody to know is this is not fatal. That's what uh, the person I reached out to said to me was this is not fatal. And I needed to hear that. Mm -hmm. I needed to know that there is hope. And you need to know that God is greater than even this. Mm -hmm. God has a way already provided for you. You just need to take that first step. And that is saying I need help hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know for
0: my own journey, how um, when I struggled with depression and um, suicidal thoughts, that like Satan's plan was to keep me isolated, right? Like, if I can just give her enough shame to just not ever tell anyone, then we can get this done. Whereas, uh, like you said, as you bring it into the light and say, hey, I need help, then God can use other people in yes, your heart, in your life to bring you that encouragement when you just feel like there is no hope. And when those grief waves and different things come crashing down on you to be able to say, no, this is, re- this is recoverable. This is, this is,
1: yes. And that's the key is, is isolation breeds the, the depression. It breeds the anxiety. It breeds the addiction. Mm. Um, and you have to break that. And it's so easy, especially right now to be isolated Mm -hmm. Um, and I, you know, I'm speaking with a lot of women who are really struggling right now with what do I do, especially when they already know their husband's addicted to porn and now they're stuck at home and, you know, how do I deal with this? And, you know, the thing is, it's, this is time. This is an opportunity for you to become authentic, Mm -hmm. to become authentic in your relationship um, you can you can do counseling via uh via video chat just like we 're doing Andrea you can do coaching I do a lot of this uh, via video chat um, The thing is you are not alone mm-hmm. and that 's the big lie is i 'm alone like mm-hmm. you said and you 're not you 're not alone and by telling it to someone you're you're not you 're not going to be ashamed any longer because it 's no longer hidden mm-hmm. and um the, the reality of it is, is that over 60% of marriages are dealing with some sort of pornography addiction. Wow. And whether it's the husband or the wife. Um, you know, if, if, pornography, is part of your fam- if pornography is part of your marriage, there's a 300% greater chance of infidelity occurring in your marriage where there's going to be acting out, physical acting out on the pornography. Hmm. Like many addictions, pornography is progressive. It doesn't just go away. We just think, well, if I don't deal if I don't talk about it, it's gonna go away. Or if I get rid of the magazines, or if I, you know, put the internet software on my my computer, it's going to go away. No, it will help, but it will not go away because you haven't dealt with the root issue. And we need to get to the root issue, and we need to get to what is and that's where the counselors come in to help you unpack what that root issue is. And as a coach, it's my joy to help you say. Okay, now that we've identified it, now what? How do we move forward? How do we, how do we create a life that is, is abundant? Yeah. Like God tells us, he wants to give us this abundant life. And you know, do you believe that God is greater than, than what you're struggling with? And if he is greater, then can you trust him with it? Mm-hmm. These, are all, these are all issues that we get to deal with, that we get to unpack together and discover ways to, to make, take that next step forward. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not like putting a Band-Aid on and saying, you know, you rip the Band-Aid off the next day and the scars healed. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, there's work that has to be done, but it's good work. Mm-hmm. It is work that um, brings you joy, brings encouragement, that unlocks things like, you know, you're, you talk about flying free. Well, if you want to fly free, let's go. You know, and I just tell people, I want to bring you the freedom. Mm-hmm. I want to help you discover that freedom. And this is one way to do it. That's powerful. I love
0: the that you brought out the work the work aspect of freedom, right? Like, yes, God's given us freedom, but we have to walk it out. And in order to walk it out, we have to get back to the why of why am I not free in relating to my spouse or my the person across the table from me? And uh, that part isn't super fun, (laughs) but like you said, it's the good work that leads you into the joy and into the. I'm not responsible for their choices. I am allowed to feel this, and I'm allowed to release it into God's hands and so that is powerful. Yes. And I am and I imagine it's like you said it's we're learning like it's progressive too. As you continue to do the hard work, then that that freedom that felt like it got robbed from you when you discovered there was a porn factor in your marriage, then it can be returned or redeemed or given back as you regain um regain what has been lost through the work that needs to be done, I guess, hey?
1: The other, and the other part of freedom is, you know, Andrea, is that when, you've, when you know the issue is there, when you've identified it, um, well, I, I equate it this way. If you've broken a leg, are you going to go and, and seek the appropriate care, the appropriate level of care that you need to heal that leg, or are you going to drag it around for the rest of your life? Right. What are you going to do? So when you bring the addiction, whatever it is, whatever this thing is between you and your spouse, out into the open, now you can work on it because it's not hidden anymore. You're not you're not ignoring it. You know, the one spouse is ignoring it, the other one's trying to hide it. Well, it's not helping. It's just continuing to foster the fact that I don't know if I can trust you that you're going to tell me the truth. Well, I don't know if I can trust you that if I tell you the truth, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to kill me. You're not going to beat me up. You're not going to, you know, think worse of me. No, instead, you know, we're dealing on a level playing field. Now we're saying, okay, yeah, this is it. No, I don't like it, you know, on either side of this issue. But even as you know, um, struggling with depression, your husband has had to deal with a depressed Andrea. What does that look like? But as you tell him, um, hey, today's just a really hard day. Here's what's going on in my head. Here's the lies that I, I know they're lies, but they're circulating. And to be able to tell that, well, now you've brought that other person in to pray for you, to support you, to encourage you. You can't fix it. Mm-hmm. But that's what Galatians 6.2 says, that we bear one another's burdens. We come alongside. We help hold up under the arms Mm. And give wings and 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 give sustenance to the other person. That's the beauty of bringing it into the open, mm. instead of trying to keep it hidden.
0: For sure. Oh yeah, that's totally true. Yeah, the reality of the freedom of having it out in the light is is a game changer for sure. For yeah. Sure. Wow. Thank you.
1: Well, I.
0: Our time is just about up. Is there any advice you'd like to share with maybe the mom who is struggling or the person who's just feeling like, okay, I have done those steps and it feels like I'm just in this waiting zone forevermore. And they're just sick of maybe they're supposed to not taking action. Um, Do you have any advice for those people who are in waiting?
1: Well, again, I'm going to say this again. It's not the popular thing. You can't change him. Okay. But what you can do is start to draw some healthy boundaries for me, that when I hear that I, my first question is is, well, is he still looking at the porn and if he is, how are you coping with that? What are you doing about that? One of the things that I had to, to that I said to my husband um, early on in our recovery was you have this was a boundary, you have a choice. You can look at porn or you can be. In a relationship with me but you can't have both it's your choice now the thing about boundaries and we don't we we misunderstand what boundaries are boundaries really are for me they're not for you they're saying this is what's healthy for me and i'm doing this because i love you enough to say i want to be healthy in a healthy relationship with you so by saying you can choose the porn or you can choose me I'm saying the healthy boundary is I will not allow pornography to be in this relationship. Okay. What you do now is whether or not this relationship continues. And as the person who's giving, who's stating that boundary, if that's the boundary you want to state, you have to be ready to accept the other person's decision. Cause remember you can't control them. You don't get to manipulate the decision. Mm. You simply say, this is my boundary. And in my boundary, I do not coexist with pornography. Mm -hmm. So, you know, getting to that, be able to say that takes a little bit of work because you have to be willing to accept. And I had to be willing to accept my husband's answer. Mm. Um, And if the answer is, well, I choose pornography, well, then you have another choice. Mm. Then, Then you, that doesn't mean you're stuck in that, in with pornography. It just means he drew, he picked his choice. Well, let's say he says, Well, I want our marriage to continue. Okay, then, uh, what are are you willing to do? What needs to be done to help heal from this pornography addiction? Because I'm not putting up with it. You know, that's your follow up question. That's when I encourage you to reach out to a coach. He probably needs to meet with a counselor who specializes in sexual addiction. You may need to have marriage counseling with a counselor who meets with special. You know, who meets. Who deals with sexual addiction that has has perpetrated itself in a marriage? Um, but you can also you can also work with coaching. You can coach together. You can coach individually and together. Uh, it just depends on what you need. Um, but I do encourage you to reach for help. Because you will not recover from this on your own. Mm. It's go back to that broken leg. I mean, you can say I've got a broken leg, and oh yeah, I need. I called the doctor, and he confirmed that my leg was broken, but you don't get you don't get help for it. Mm. Well, it's still not going to heal. It'll heal to some degree, but then you're going to have a pretty bad limp. You're probably going to have a misformed leg, um, and so you get to choose: do you want a leg that's healthy, mm. or do you want to limp around all? The, for, for many, many years and possibly the rest of your life, knowing that you didn't take the steps necessary to heal. Right. So it's up to you. Um, you know, this is the same thing in any kind of addiction. And, and of course, I deal with pornography addiction um, recovery. But you have to make the choice. Do you want to limp through life with this or do you want to heal? Mm. You can't have both. hmm you know, as, as, as my coach says, you can have, you can choose chronic pain or acute pain, which one do you want? You know, <laughs> mm, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow.
0: That's true. And I, wanna, and I love the title of your book, choosing the way out. It It's true. Our life is made up of choices, right? And it's, I know I've I preach it in my flying free stuff, but just the reality of like within this trigger, you have choices within the situation, you have choices and, and choosing to not choose is a choice. And so so pick wisely, pick well, and do not believe for a second you have to do it alone because that is not the truth. It is not. I just want to thank you, Kirsten. And is there a way people can, if they're not quite sure which, what all they need, is there a way that they can um, connect with you and just maybe ask some questions or. Absolutely.
1: Okay. Yes. Just go to my website, which is KirstenDSamuel.com. That's K I R S T E N D is in Diane Samuel, like the first name Samuel S A M U E L.com. There's a big blue button right on that homepage that says um, free consult. You can set up a a free time to chat with me. There's also right on the homepage uh, is that free ebook that I I mentioned. You can sign up for that and read through that. And if there's questions, then, you know, by all means, reach out to me. Um, There's many, many resources on my website that are free for the taking uh, to just ask questions, to uh, prompt some thoughts, to give you some ideas. Um, And, of course, there's a link to my book there as well that you can get but I would love to talk to anyone that has questions. Uh, just click that free button, and it'll take you right to my calendar. And you just choose a spot that works on your schedule, and uh, we'll talk. And then we'll we'll help. We'll devise a plan. And how do you recover? What's what's your next step? And you know, like I said, I've got the other book Five eyes Moms Believe, uh, where I you know I talk with a lot of women who just need to know that they're going to make it to the next day, mm. and that they're going to be okay. They're not you know, what's going on in their life right now is not abnormal, mm-hmm. that you just sometimes need someone who's going to listen to you. And um, so on my website, there's, there's coaching available. Uh, my coaching package is there. Um, you know, you can set up an individual session if you really want to commit to coaching right now, or you can do a, an eight package session as well. And all of that is also on the website. So there's plenty of resources there, but yeah, in any way that I can help, um, you know, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, you can send me uh, private messages that way as well. I'm also on Pinterest. Um, So there's there's a lot of ways that you can connect with me. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time, Kirsten, and your honesty and your just the beauty of your peace and grace. Um, and it makes me think of the verse about she will, she will rise up with strength and di- dignity. And I just, I see that in you and I know it is the work of God because you've chosen to align yourself with him in all that you do. And so blessings on you and your husband and thank you so much for choosing the way out. And we just are blessed because of you. And I know that
1: this will bless many. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Andrea. And you have a blessed day yourself.
0: I trust this episode has encouraged and inspired you, and I hope it stirred a desire in you to connect with your everyday Savior and His everyday freedom even more. I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to connect with me on any of my social media platforms. You can find the details for those in the description of this episode. Feel free also to leave a review, and I will connect with you next week on the Freedom Now podcast place for you to find hope, laughter, and encouragement as you grow in freedom in every area of life.